Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Tonight I will kill all of God, Whoever is bitten by a werewolf and lives becomes a werewolf himself. Beware the moon, David. Go now. Heaven help you. This is the All-American Spook Show, bringing you the Summer of the Wolf. Hello and welcome to another edition of the All-American Spook Show Horror Podcast. As always, I'm Josh, and I'm joined here with my friend Donnie. Hey. And Will. Hey, hey, hey. And the Professor Smoke. And we are here to continue our uh, Summer of the Wolf series with... Ginger Snaps from 2000. This is a uh, first time watch for myself, and I think Donnie, you, and Will, neither of you guys have watched it either before now, right? I did, yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah. And uh, Smoke, you've seen it four times and own it on Laserdisc, right? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I, I did see it twice at least. Before. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Maybe three. I, this is probably the third time now. This time. You do, you do own a copy of this, I assume? Yeah, I own a DVD copy anyway. Yeah. Um, so VHS or. Of course, I think this one came out too too late for the Laserdisc, but I probably would have had one of those yeah. back in the day, too. <laughs> this probably did come out. It might have come out on VHS, right? Because, uh, VHS, yeah. Uh, yeah, because it came out in the U.S. on DVD in uh, October 23rd of 2001. So I'm assuming that at least some movies were still being released on VHS around that time, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think of what, I, I think it's 2007. Well, History of Violence, whatever year History of Violence came out on VHS. That was the last official big budget, whatever you want to call it, you know, non non niche VHS release. Because of course, there's been some retro VHS releases since then. But that was the last Hollywood movie. Yeah, history of violence, whatever. And I think you done. you still occasionally will get some like uh, like you said, maybe a, a cult movie or something like that that will be that uh, they will release a, a, a like a limited edition VHS or something like that of it. But it's not necessarily the way it used to be, you know, even uh, now. But history yeah. of violence was. 2005. Sorry to. Oh, 2005. Okay. So yeah, this might have this might have been released on VHS. Who knows? But um, so yeah, like I said, we're going to continue the uh, the old adventures through the summer of the wolf here. You know, all of our uh, our werewolf themed movies that we've been watching, and then our spook show spotlight episodes have all been about uh, so far at least they've all been about the history of werewolves and werewolves in film and everything like that. So. Uh, but we are coming down the home stretch now. I mean, I think we got about another month or so left of this, you know, uh, of the Summer of the Wolf. And then by September, we'll kind of be going back to our normally scheduled program and then getting ready for uh, the big month of October and our third anniversary show at the end of the month. So lots of stuff to look forward to here on the Spook Show. And, of uh, of course, if you want to email us or uh, send us any comments or anything like that, you can always do that at allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. Uh, anything you send, any questions or anything like that, we'll read it right here on the show. So feel free to send us an email, you know, with any notes or questions or anything. Uh, same thing over on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You know, we're all over those. On Twitter, we're at AA Spook Show. You should be able to find us by searching All American Spook Show um, on Instagram and Facebook. Of course, we have our YouTube channel where every Thursday we have our new episode of Deadline Horror News that comes out. Over there, you can check that out. We have a T Public shop, you know, which you should be able to find by searching for All American Spook Show. 
Um, there you can get logoed merchandise, any of the other cool designs we have up there, that's available. Uh, we're also up on the Slasher app. You know, I was talking about social networks or whatever. You can find us on the Slasher app. That's another way. Now, I think Slasher doesn't have, like, a website. I think that's just, like, an app you put on your phone. But it basically works just like Facebook, except for, you know, it, it's for the horror genre. So you can find us there. Um, and, of course, Patreon. Patreon.com slash Show, Or, I think I think that's what... <laughs> I don't forgot what the hell our Patreon is. Um, yeah, yeah, it's AA Spook Show. Sometimes I get confused between just Spook Show and AA Spook Show. So, but yeah, it's patreon.com slash AA Spook Show. We have, uh, four or five levels that you can, uh, you know, become a patron of the show there. And every Tuesday we have a new Patreon video mini-sode that comes out. And, uh, the key exclusive there is that we have a segment that, uh, the professor does called the Library of the Professor, where he takes a selection from his, uh, vast library um, that you, you see behind him in the videos. He'll take a selection and we talk about it. And uh, he gives us thoughts on that. So if you want to check that out, that's over on patreon.com slash Show. So I guess without uh, any further buildup, we'll go ahead and toss to the trailer for Ginger Snaps. So, uh, Fitz, I think we should get together. No. Oh. Out by 16 or dead in the scene, but together forever. United against life as we know it. Let's get out of here. What was it? A big dog, maybe? Whoa. Whoa? That's it? Whoa? Think you see werewolves a lot? Did I change last night? How at the moon? How do you feel? Wicked. This is a very confusing time for your sister. Ah! Boys, potty, trying to fit in. Hey, hey, take it easy. Who's the guy? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty. If I wasn't here, would you eat her? Poor bee. I'm growing up, and obviously you're not. Ah! Oh my god. You think I want to go back to being nobody? You're so dead. Ah! They're just being normal teenage girls. I'm not dying in this room with you! I'm not dying! I think she's gone. You know, we're almost not even related anymore. All right, so with the trailer out of the way, I guess uh, before we get into the movie itself, I'll go ahead and uh, toss to the fact that uh, last our last movie review episode was An American Werewolf in London back on episode 65, and Donnie was on assignment. He couldn't uh, join us that week, so uh, we'll take a few minutes here to, to get his thoughts on the movie, get his rating, and, uh, and of course, we'll get his uh, crypt connections uh, for that movie here in just a second. So uh, 
Donnie, uh, you have the floor. What would you have to say about an American werewolf in London? Oh, man. You know, uh, I mean, I, I've seen it probably. Let's see. This was the because I rewatched it. Um, this was the fourth, maybe fourth time, fifth time I've seen it. You know, as, as it does have some, you know, comedy aspects. Uh, it works in places, kind of falls flat in others. You know, the hospital scenes were actually about as interesting as uh, being in the hospital. Um, <laughs> aside from, you know, aside from the, uh, I guess, the hallucinations with, you know, his friend Jack. Um, it, it does have some slow spots, but, you know, overall, it's still a horror classic. That's definitely a must-see. Yeah, I, I rated it uh, three three and three-quarter stars. Um, we, we were actually just, just talking a little bit ago. And um, I, I didn't know y'all's rating because yeah. I didn't. Yeah. And turns out we all across the board, three and yep. three quarter stars. Yep. Three and three um, quarter all the way. Yeah. Um, but as far as, yeah. So yeah, that's my, that's my rating for that. I did, I did actually find a, uh, a connection. Uh, well, uh, wait a minute. If you're going to mention a connection, hold on. Connections. So we have to let that play out before you actually uh, mention any oh, yeah, connections whatsoever here on the show. So, uh, what you got? All right. So uh, there was a bit part uh, player, um, Derek Lyons, actually plays a passerby in this uh, American Werewolf from London. He actually plays a bellhop also in episode. Uh, 33 when we covered The Shining uh, he plays a bellhop bellhop in that um, hmm. and this was I thought this was probably more interesting than that um, he was the Foley artist uh, for Pink Floyd The Wall that uh, movie musical um, so I thought that was pretty pretty cool that he was actually a Foley artist for that in addition to being in The Shining as now, a I can't bellhop. remember off the top of my head Smoke you might recall when did The Wall come out like that movie and all that. That was around that time, right? Eighty-two. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't hear exactly that off the top of my head. I think it's eighty-two. Either way, it's, it's yeah. this is all about the same time because uh, American yeah. Werewolf came out in eighty-one and The Shining came out in eighty, just a year before that. So mm-hmm. all those things around the same time. That's an interesting connection. I didn't know. Yeah, it, didn't know it would cool. go there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. No, like who knew? Yeah, who would have? <laughs> that's why we do this. Yeah, exactly. And that's connections from the crypt. <laughs> five minute laugh so obviously yeah. we all agree uh three and three quarters across the board so we all agree you sh- if you haven't seen that movie or didn't listen to that episode which was episode 65 a couple couple weeks ago go back and uh, watch that movie and go back and listen to that episode it was we highly recommend it but anyways i guess back to what we're talking about you know here to talk about today ginger snaps so i guess before we get into the background um donnie i'll toss to you what were your initial reactions Upon watching this for the first time, mm. <laughs> Will, what were your first? <laughs> mm. An impregnated pause yeah. must be good. <laughs> impregnated pause. <laughs> so, Donnie, anything or just you're no, just going to leave we it there? Man. Moving on. Oh, I can <laughs> move on. I'm just I'm, <laughs> I'm no, giving I, you a moment if you, you wanted know, to say as something. As far as like you talking about, well, initial reactions afterwards. Yeah, I mean, After like now that you've it? watched it for the first time, I mean, what's what's your initial take? Like, you know, wh- you know, we'll save the star ratings for the end, like we always yeah. do. But good, yeah. bad, and different. What do you think? I mean, 
Um, it just, you know, it's, it's, I think the, I mean, I get the, you know, kind of pun with the title. I just think it's dumb. I just thought the, you know, story was kind of boring. Uh, the setting was kind of, you know, just, yeah. It's just not enough for me to care about. It's just one of those things you just kind of sit through. I didn't really care hmm. whether, you know, I didn't buy into, I mean, it's not really I didn't buy into it. It's just like, where you're just like, oh, okay, you just accept whatever happens. You don't question it. I mean, you could you obviously question it, but. It's just one of the things you sit through, and you're just like, oh, okay, just accept whatever happens, because, you know, <laughs> I was just glad it was over. In other words, it's the old uh, uh, joke we've had a number of times, if you were on the back of the DVD. It's a movie, says Donnie. <laughs> um, well, all right, yeah. Will, what, what were your thoughts then? Eh, I thought it was okay. Uh, honestly, I was a little disappointed in the movie. Uh you know, we were uh, like kind of all brainstorming what movies we were going to do during the Summer of the Wolf. I was like, pulling up a couple of different lists of, uh, you know, werewolf movies, you know, like good ones. And like for whatever reason, this one kept popping up like towards the top of lists and it did not hold up for me. Uh, I don't know. Like now, again, this movie came out in 2000. So, you know, I'm sure, you know, like like film has, has changed in the past like 21 years or, or so. But this this very much felt like something that was probably like a made for TV movie, you know, as far as quality. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree. It, with is, that. it is an independent film, so it's not going to look like, uh, you know, no. your latest Marvel movie. But yeah, I see what you're saying, Professor. What do you? What were your initial thoughts upon you know the first time you watched it? And now, what are you thinking? Well, the first time uh, I guess was I don't know when it came out on DVD. I know I know it's still video stores. I rented it from Hollywood or whatever. So it had to be like 2002 or three, whenever it first hit DVD here in the States. I think it was uh, around Halloween of 01. Uh, but, oh, I mean, okay. I don't know when you would have seen it, but, you know, sometime after that, it's you know. Probably not long after that. Yeah. Yeah, two, two somewhere in there, maybe. And I, I, this is this is one of those instances where, you know how you watch a movie and it grows on you? You know, you watch a movie once, you maybe you like it, and then you watch it a second time and you see some things you didn't catch before and you like it a little bit more. Mm. And then maybe later on down the road, you see a third time and it, wow, this is a great movie. I, I, I don't know, you know, I, I, it was fantastic. I didn't know I didn't see this stuff in it before. Well, this one kind of has, <laughs> for me, the opposite effect. The first time I saw it, I thought it was an interesting, fresh take on werewolves and whatnot. And then I saw it. I don't know how many years later, and I still liked it. All right, it just didn't. I, it didn't hit me as great as it did the first time. I guess. And now this time watching it again, I'm like, huh, <laughs> it's a little bit overrated. <laughs> As far as like, like uh, who was it? Just said, uh, was it you, Donnie or Will, that said uh, when you were looking at it online? I think Will. Yeah. All the accolades that it's gotten, right? Yeah. Watch it again now. I mean, watch now. I haven't seen it a third time. I mean, it is. I think a bit overrated. As far as I didn't even know it had accolades. News to well, me. I mean, now that now that you're mentioning that, and I've got it right here in front of me, I will explain some of these accolades. Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 90% on the tomato meter, certified fresh, and that's after 58 critic reviews, so that's not, you know, five or ten, you know, people watching this. And it has an audience score of 78%. Over on IMDb, it has a 6.8 out of 10 stars, and that's over 44,000 ratings on there. Um, wow. Pretty high on its popularity, a little popularity meter, too. And just because it falls in line with what we're talking about, accolades and all that stuff, this thing was nominated 
and won a good handful of awards for awards that would be handed out for these type of films, right? You have to put that in perspective. It's not like Oscars or anything, but yeah, yeah. I will mention here. I'll mention what it what they won. It won the uh, best Canadian film special jury citation at the Toronto International Film Festival in 2000. It won the best feature film, best special effects, and best actress awards at the Malaga International Week of Fantastic Cinema in 2001. And best actress that was Emily Perkins. The special effects, uh, you know, like if if I'm going to take something out of all this, you know, like like around 2000. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure like that was like, hey, let, let's CG everything. Yeah, and they did not. Uh, and yeah, yeah, they 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 went out of their way not to CG. Stuff. Yep, John Fawcett. So like everything's very... yeah, everything's practical. Yep. Um, yeah, that was because that those CGI effects for having a low budget in 2001 or 2000 when it was made would have been absolute shit now probably. Oh God, yeah, it would look and, terrible. Yeah. You're talking about an independent film because you you look at some of those independent movies from that era that did try to do that. You can yeah, almost can't bad. watch those. Very bad. It won best writing for film, uh, pretty whatever the hell this pretty funny writing means, <laughs> at the Canadian Comedy Awards in 2002. It won best film at the International Horror Guild Award of 2002. It won best DVD release of uh, that's a Saturn Award in 2002. And at the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards in 2002, it won Best Limited Release Film slash Direct-to-Video Film, and it won Best Screenplay for Karen Walton. Very much a lot of accolades and a lot of um, tons of awards in this, you know, like I said, the awards that a movie like this is going to win, uh, including the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards there and the Saturn Award. Award-winning film. High grades. All across the board, so... And, and and look, I'll say for me, this is the first time I watched it. I enjoyed it. Is it something I'm going to go out of my way to sit down and watch again? Maybe not anytime soon. Maybe one of these days I'd sit down and watch it again. I do think the uh, the special effects hold up. But it's because, like we just said, I think, because it was practical. If this was CGI effects like a lot of the movies at the time were doing, yeah, this this would be... It, you would take a, a, a movie that was so-so to begin with and make it even worse. So, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, there you go. I mean, like, so it's 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 got high marks across the board, whether we liked it or not. So, um, mm. this you know, is... I, I, just thinking about it right now, <laughs> you know, we're a group of dudes, a group that are in our at least, you know, I'll speak for myself as in my uh, <laughs> upper forties. Y'all might not be, you know. I think we're all we're all over yeah, we're all yeah, over forty uh, now. We might not be the right audience for giving this the the accolade. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> we're not for, forty. It might, might be too much wrong, but. Four 40-year-old white dudes from South Carolina may not exactly be the uh, target audience for a movie like this, but, you know, here we are, right? <laughs> yeah, we're we're kind of approaching get-off-my-lawn uh, age. <laughs> Quit, old man yells at cloud age. God, <laughs> these kids today. But, yeah, so that... You have to lay that down there, man. Like, this, this thing got yep. high marks across the board. A lot of accolades, so that has to be kind of put out on Front Street. No matter what we say here, you know, yep. there, there's a, a there's definitely a huge following for this, and um, it didn't make any money. I mean, because it never really got like a huge wide release. We could it, probably talk about this right now, I guess, at the beginning of some, some of the reasons for that, and that, the fact that it almost didn't get made at all. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you all probably talked about this in your notes, you know, researching in the movie. 
I, oh, Columbine? Yeah, I saw some mention yeah, of I did. Columbine, I did. and apparently yeah. there was some type of shooting up in Canada at the time, too. So or there the was... Copycat. Yeah, so there was some blowback about like making like a teen violence movie at this at this time, and don't don't uh, factor out the f- and and don't factor out the fact that like here in the U.S. this this didn't really come out. You know, it wasn't widely available here in the United States until like basically we're still in the shadow of nine eleven when this came out. Yeah. So like I'm sure that didn't help. You know, matters here in the U.S. It was made for a budget of four and a half million dollars, but from what I can tell, the box office was only about a half a mil. Five hundred and seventy-two thousand um, dollars. Yeah, well, the one thing that I kept reading was uh, the, the the whole like uh, thing with this, like having like a like a push, is apparently it was huge internationally. Uh, like everybody on other continents loved this movie, and apparently it didn't catch on here until uh, they decided to air it on HBO, and then it started getting a cult following here. This is definitely. By you know, true by true definition, a cult movie at this point because you know, it's the same old uh, thing of like, well, it wasn't really widely released, didn't make any money in the box office, but it's a thing where you're going to see it on everybody's werewolf list, right? Or even maybe even some of the best horror films ever made list, you will see it on there. Because I think one of the places I was, uh, I saw that it was uh, uh, mentioned, it was uh, uh, I'm not seeing it right away, but it was on like one of those top 100 horror movies of all time list. Here it is. It's ranked number 78 on Time Out London's list of 100 best horror films ever made. I don't know what to make of that, considering what we're saying about it. You know, our opinion, but <laughs> this thing is this thing is universally liked, man. You know, just from you know reading the tea leaves here. But part of that, uh, you, you were talking about where it got released and everything. It made its debut at the um, München Fantasy Film Fest in Germany, and that was on August 1st of 2000. Then it played a number, I think it got a lot of accolades, and I think I even mentioned it before in the awards. It played in September 10th of 2000 at the Toronto International Film Festival. I think that's kind of where it was getting some mojo, like getting some buzz. And then, I guess, like you said, because of Columbine and other things that were going on, like I think that kind of affected it around that time period. It was released, like it, it looks like it did have a release in Brazil in December of 2000, but then it just kind of bounced around from like film festival to film festival, really, in a lot of other countries until it finally got released at the uh, Los Angeles Film Festival in April of 2001 here in the U.S. And in uh, May 1st of 2001 at the Philly, Philadelphia International Film Festival. But it wasn't until October 23rd of 2001 that it came out on DVD. And then three days later, on October 26th of 2001, it did play uh, a limited release in New York. So that, as far as here in the U.S., that's about all it ever got. Um, it, this was a Canadian film, so it did get released wide up there May 11th of 2001. So I'm assuming any of the success it had was probably in Canada, you know, when it came out like that. I also mentioned, too, because sometimes we mention it when there's like a funny title or some uh, alternate title name of this one. There was uh, at least one other ti- uh, title that was uh, released under in Italy. It was called Lycanthropia Evolution. <laughs> and... There was another one. Where was that at? Oh, in Romania, it was called Transformer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's completely different from. Uh, honestly, either one of those are probably better than Ginger Snaps. Yeah. Um, I hate the name myself. I can't stand. It. I think it, I think it's stupid. But you know, I mean, as far as like the title, there were, even, there were other redeeming qualities about the about the movie. But even if you hadn't, though, the, I will say, even though if you had not watched any trailers or anything going into sitting down and watching this movie and you only loosely knew what's a horror and it's got something to do with a werewolf 
and you see the name is Ginger Snaps, and then when you realize one of them is named, named Ginger, you go, oh, she's the one. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's going to snap. Yeah, if you think the, the title of this one's a little bit dumb, the, do you see the subtitle of the second one? Ginger Snaps Back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's actually the third one. The second one. The third one. Go to the space. Yeah, <laughs> Ginger goes to space. Uh, the second one. Ginger snaps two electric boogaloo. Yeah, this is a good spot to mention. This did uh, spawn two sequels, and basically, just because of the kind of cult underground following of this movie, they decided to go ahead and make two more. Um, they made Ginger Snaps Two Unleashed, and then Ginger Snaps Back: The Beginning. That's the third one where they we were looking at it before the uh, we were talking about it before we went on air here, and it was. Uh, that one takes place in 19th century, but I guess it like kind of follows the the family uh, heritage back or something like that. I don't know. I'm sure eventually we might get around to it here on the show, but um, there was three movies, and then they are actually uh, developing a TV series. This came out last October of 2020. This was from uh, Deadline was reporting that Sid Gentle Films and Copper Heart Entertainment, which they were the producers of the original Ginger Snaps movies, uh, they're teaming up for a television series and that the project is executive produced by John Fawcett, which was the co-creator and director and writer of the original film. Anna Simyaba... Wow, good lord. Simyaba? Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, she's on board to script the adaptation. So it doesn't say when or where this would be a thing, but apparently this is being discussed and uh, developed on some level. So that might be something that we see some at some point down the road here is a Ginger Snaps television series. So... Donnie, what do you think about that? The TV series coming to your uh, Netflix any day now. Mm. Mmm, <laughs> says Donnie. <laughs> I can read it now. Yeah. Um, that was better than my the second one, which I've seen the second one, but my blurb for that was, what was it? Uh, I don't remember shit all about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember shit all about it, says Professor. <laughs> one of these days, we're going to get quoted in some random magazine or in some random DVD cover or something. Somebody's going to be like searching for negative or positive reviews of a movie, and then somewhere that's going to pop up. <laughs> you know that's the way it's going to happen for us. Um, we'll finally get some notoriety, like in Fangoria or something, and then uh, 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 Professor Smoke of the All American Spook Show says, <laughs> and it'll be, I don't remember shit all about it. That'll be our one quote, our, our five minutes of fame. Yeah, they're like, these guys at the All American Spook Show are fucking assholes. Yeah. <laughs> Here's one. Shit all over them. Here's one negative perspective. That'll be our luck, too. We're always seen as, like, the negative guys. Like, oh, God. <laughs> if somebody's going to hate it, it's these dudes. But that's not true. I mean, you know, we've, we've loved plenty. The movie here. they loved the most was Jaws. That's not horror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these guys. Old bad. These, these fucking guys, they're not, they're not credible. They didn't like uh, uh, that episode of Into the Dark Crawlers. <laughs> Because apparently next, everyone loves movie. it. That's after piece. Yeah. <laughs> Although yeah, that that one's that one is kind of like, and that may or may not be a movie, right? Like, yeah, it is a movie, but it's technically like an episode of a kind of like a series, right? So really, like our lowest yeah. our lowest rated movie is Jesse James meets Frankenstein's daughter. So uh, get the quote right there, Fangoria, or whoever writes this in the future. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, yeah, uh, this was uh, made by Copperheart Entertainment. Water Pictures and uh, Motion International in association with Lionsgate Films and Unipix Entertainment. Um, I saw something where apparently they had some deal originally with Trimark 
to uh to put this out but then like i guess because of the stuff with columbine and there was kind of some cold feet about it and everything and they had to delay it for a while trimark backed out and then lionsgate came along and you know helped to help kind of fund it and uh uh, make the film and then like later on like less than a year later Lionsgate in, ends up merging with Trimark and <laughs> so Trimark was involved one way or another whether they liked it or not in the end I guess but and it was Artisan Entertainment that released the US DVD just you know for posterity's sake I'll mention that cover. I, I've got that DVD somewhere I, I watched it on Netflix I mean yeah on, no on Shutter but I got that DVD laying around and it's some terrible artwork yeah yeah I saw that artwork <laughs> it's yeah it's definitely of the time you know like yeah. as far, that artwork for that dvd yeah it's definitely like it looks like every other horror movie that was coming out in the late 90s and early 2000s yeah with and the, it's like pinkish red right and the, like, like her face half transformed yeah well that like yeah scene. that's the one that's on like the uh the sh uh for shutter that was like the little image they had on shutter for it like the dvd art like the poster art or whatever that i saw for it, it's like both of their pictures like but they're yeah. kind of bad pictures, like over like a purple moon background, and then it says ginger snaps like written in blood. Terrible, yeah. They don't call it the curse for nothing, is what it says. <laughs> That's the theatrical release poster. <laughs> um, you know, I just, I just had a this thing called mine. You remember the dad in the movie? Our whole yeah. review could be like all of us are basically the dad in this movie. Yeah, just looking at it like, <laughs> what in the hell is going on? <laughs> We're trying to eat here. <laughs> I guess we should take, before I get into the cast and some of the background and all that, real quick, should we take a moment to talk about the, uh, how would you put this? It's an, this, what this film is an allegory kind of for? It's, it's pretty out on Front Street, right? Like, basically what this kind of movie is somewhat of a metaphor or allegory, however you frame it for, is, uh, basically a girl, a teenage girl getting, uh, getting her, uh, period is kind of what somewhat this is about, right? I mean, it's there at least, right? Yeah, it's... it's I, don't know, I, think, I think it's more than there. I think it's more than subtle. <laughs> put it that way. Yeah. Like, it's fun. <laughs> um, just it's so... Smack. Yeah, they just, they just smack you across the face with a hammer with it. I mean, because, like, it's... Uh, I mean, up until the point where she actually starts transforming into a damn werewolf, you could almost believe, like, she's not really a werewolf. She's uh, just experiencing all the, uh, you know, the changes of your uh, uh, of your body and stuff as you get your, uh, you know, get your period or whatever, you know, because you start acting like supposedly right at the cramps. She's starting to act crazy and uh, she's just not acting like herself because what well, they say she's yeah. ovulating and all this shit. Right. It's right there. It's like that's basically kind of what this movie's about. Right. You know, and all that stuff because of the, the boy, the girl, the guy that she starts uh, seeing. That ginger starts seeing you know yeah and except that she wants them you know she wants to <laughs> devour them literally and but they make it like it's a sexual you know coming of age thing or whatever you just reminded me that age. you just reminded me that this is the second of these damn werewolf movies during the summer of the wolf that some dude's taking a leak in a urinal and pissing blood uh, it, I, I mentioned that to my wife we were watching it i was like hmm, i'm expecting a wolf dong to come yeah. out <laughs> <laughs> First, First you see a wolf cop, you expect, if you see a, a scene in a werewolf movie, somebody pissing blood in the urinal, you expect a strong chance. I don't, I don't expect that. I don't want to see that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> could it happen? Enough. Yes, I guess that left it on the table, but I'm, I'm fully not expecting it if it had happened again. I mean, whoa! <laughs> you know? 
the exploding dick scene from Wolf Cop. Maybe expecting it to happen is not the right word, but I, I, that image is automatically happened. Oh yeah, like, as soon, yeah. As soon as he's like, uh, he's taking a leak at the urinal, and he's oh, he's screaming in pain. I'm like, oh shit, we're about to see another exploding dick, aren't we? Flashback. Yeah, <laughs> I'm traumatized. But anyways, the the cast and uh, crew. I guess we should mention obviously right off the top, uh, John Fawcett. He is the uh, writer director of this movie, along, and he wrote it along with Karen Walton. So I'm assuming a lot of the, uh, you know, he he had a, a woman partner to kind of help him, you know, in this like writing this type of story. You <laughs> you would need the opinion of the uh, of the of the other gender, you know, in here because otherwise it'd just be a dude writing about this stuff, and it wouldn't it wouldn't have, it would have fell flat, obviously. So uh, Karen Walton was the other writer, but John Fawcett right on it until he brought her in. When he brought her in, she wasn't going to do it because. I guess she had a negative aspect of what horror movies were. And she would only do it if she could write it the way she wanted to write it for the women. As far as like how women are portrayed in horror movies, I guess that was her negative aspects of yeah. that. She decided to turn those around in this movie. It was the only way she would work with co-writing it, I guess. John Fawcett is known for, uh, he directed uh, Orphan Black. I guess some of those, uh, well, it says 17 episodes of Orphan Black. Um, of course, this, and uh, he directed a movie called The Dark back in 2005, and then there was another one called The Boys Club back in 1996. I mean, he has 47 directing credits on IMDb that date all the way back to 1992, where he made a couple short films. It looks like uh, The Boys Club was his first, uh, I guess, feature film. That was in 96, like I said. Uh, and he's done a number of other things. Like He, <laughs> a dire- uh, uh, he directed a, uh, an episode of the series La Femme Nikita, which <laughs> one of those ones that used to come on like back... Uh, Back in the 90s on USA, like late at night. Of course, this Ginger Snaps in 2000. He actually uh, also directed six episodes of Xeno Warrior Princess. Uh, not too well, basically around the same time that he was making this. And it didn't look like he he did not direct. Uh, I guess the other two uh, Ginger Snaps movies. Those were directed by someone else, I assume. But I'm I'm assuming he was at least a producer on it, just because you know he was kind of the co-creator or whatever of it. So we the cast we've got Bridget played by Emily Perkins. This is uh, the first of the two Fitzgerald sisters. She was also in Juno. She was in Ginger Snaps 2 Unleashed. Uh, in 2006, she was in the movie She's the Man. I'm trying to see if she was in uh, the third. I don't think she was in the third Ginger Snaps because I think like they basically kind of took the same characters and uh, had them a little differently like in the past or whatever. So I don't think she was in that. No, no, she was. She was. So there must have been some flash-forward flashback type of scene or something i guess you know once we get around to watching that we'll see what her role was but she was bridget in both those movies so yeah she was in all three ginger snaps movies i think she played a ghost or something like that in the second movie so i guess i did remember a little bit not just not quite shit all i did remember a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember not quite shit all says professor smoke <laughs> uh, wasn't there a ghost in it or something? yeah i don't fucking know um, she has 34 acting credits on IMDb. Most recently, she was, uh, in, uh, four episodes, it looks like, of that show Supernatural that was on for, like, 85 years on the CW. Um, she was in some episodes of that over the last few years. A handful of other things, TV series, like this show called Da Vinci's Inquest, a uh, few others. But her, her credits, uh, actually date all the way back, like I said, 34 credits, they date back to 1989. She had three credits that year, so she must have been pretty young at the time. She was in a series, an episode of a series called Danger Bay, and then a TV movie called Little Golden Bookland. 
She played <laughs> the voice of Katie Caboose. Oh, and uh, I, well, I guess I, I should uh, I f didn't see it when I was first looking through this, but she was actually was in the first It miniseries. You know, the one with Tim Curry. Yep. She was a uh, yep. young Beverly Marsh, and uh, yep. in those. Yeah. I, I missed that completely when I was first looking through this. So that's pretty cool. And uh, she well, and the uh, the other girl that uh, co-starred in this uh, played. Uh, uh, Carrie, and I guess uh, like the remake at some point. Are you talking about the the, the oh, woman yeah, that played? There were two remakes, right? There was one it with is. Angela Bettis, and then there was that other one, right? The one that was on it. Wasn't there an NBC movie? I that think was, there uh, was, or a remake? miniseries, or something like that. Yeah, that does ring a bell. Are you talking about the, the oh, woman I, that played? I think that was... You're talking about the woman that played Ginger, right? Catherine Isabella? Is that who you're talking about, yeah, Will? I was or? talking about the, uh, the other sister. Yeah, well, that's what I was talking about. Emily Perkins. She's... Ginger? No, Bridget. Bridget is like the kind of younger uh, emo sister. Not the one that turns into a werewolf, but the other sister. That's Emily Perkins. <laughs> yeah. Because remember Ginger Snaps, get it? Yeah. Uh, uh, she, she's the one that was in It. Okay, yeah. So essentially what I was getting at was uh, like each of the, the two co-stars have starred in uh, Stephen King novel interpretations. Oh, that, that's funny that you should mention that, too, as far as, like, them being connected or whatever. When they were casting this, they, they basically uh, uh, read to one another off-camera, and that was their audition for this, and then they got it, right? It says, coincidentally, both of them were born in the same hospital, attended the same preschool, elementary school, and private schools, and were, at the time, at the same agency. The younger sister, or the girl that played the younger sister, Bridget Perkins, she was actually 22 at the time. The girl that plays Ginger, Isabel, or Isabella or whatever, she was four years younger. So there's four years that separate them. So the younger sister is actually older than, the younger is older than, or you know what I'm saying. The younger sister <laughs> is, <laughs> they are is older than the younger sister. Yeah, strike that and reverse it. But um, yeah, so that that's just another little tidbit. So apparently they grew up around each other and definitely would have known each other for sure because they were, uh, they grew up in the same area, so that was another interesting little tidbit that I found. Going back to Catherine Isabel, now she's probably, outside of maybe me being Rogers, she's probably the most recognizable face from this movie for sure. She was in this, obviously. She was also uh, played Mary in American Mary, which I don't know if you guys have ever seen that yeah. one, but that's that's another kind of cult movie, right? Um, yeah, I, I noticed her immediately from that. Yeah, she was also in Freddy vs. Jason. She was in the movie Insomnia. She's got 121 acting credits on IMDb that date back to, like I said, when she had to have been much younger, back in 1989. She was in the movie Cousins. Just that just that year, she was in uh, Six Things. Movie Cousins, Cold Front, The Last Winter, Immediate Family, uh, Last Train, The Last Train Home, which was a TV movie, and then an episode of the series MacGyver. You know, the original MacGyver run of the 80s. That's the only uh, only MacGyver that matters. Yeah. <laughs> well, what MacGyver? Well, now these days you do have to point out since there was another series, right? That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah I, I would fully agree. On it, the only rant I have for that is that that's what, that's what irks me about remakes in general, is that now I have to say, when I'm talking about the original, I have to say the year it came out to or whatever. Well, nowadays, yeah. it, nowadays it just seems you can just say, uh, you know, fill in the blank. You know, the one from the 80s. Because <laughs> nowadays it pretty much seems like everything they're remaking was the shit from the 80s, right? So, Yeah, insert uh, old man yelling at yeah. Cloud. <laughs> Here we go again. Yeah. 
Um, I don't mind. Like say Dawn of the Dead, nineteen seventy-eight. I just said Dawn of the fucking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good came out past ninety-five. That's all I'm saying. Um, she was also in that movie uh, in nineteen ninety-eight, Disturbing Behavior. But tons of stuff. Josie and the Pussycats throughout. You know, just throughout the years since then. Bones, um, an episode of The Outer Limits, a movie called Spooky House. <laughs> That's one of uh, Will's favorites. Um, <laughs> random episode of Smallville, which, you know, that was another one that was on for like, what, like 10 seasons. So I'm sure there's a ton of people that'll pop up in that. Um, and she was in the, also in the other two Ginger Snaps movies as well, uh, in 04. Both those came out in 04, by the way. So they must have, once again, without looking anything up, you probably assume they were probably filmed around the same time. But so, yeah, I mean, she's had a, a, a very successful career and you would definitely recognize her face from a number of other projects for sure chris limchi plays the part of sam now he's the uh the local drug dealer there who uh i guess kind of has a thing for the younger sister bridget he was also in final destination 3 a movie called green guys uh something called emily of new moon i don't even know what the hell that is he has 55 acting credits that also date back all the way to 1997. His first role was in a, a episode of Goosebumps. He was in an episode of the series called Erie, Indiana, The Other Dimension. Uh, a handful of episodes of La Femme Nikita. I'm starting to see a, a pattern here. <laughs> Half of these people were in La Femme Nikita for some reason. And around this time, you know, the same time, that was around the same time as Ginger Snaps, I should add. And uh, a number of other things over the year. I mean, he still, he still does stuff... Uh, today and uh most recently he was in the tv series private eyes so uh let's see i guess uh really uh we'll name a couple more here the the woman that plays the mom pamela that's mimi rogers she's probably you know one of the more recognizable and successful names from this film for sure i mean she was in this and also she was in lost in space you know the the uh, 1998 movie version of lost in space uh big nothing she was in was this the first Austin Powers movie, International Man of Mystery? I think that was the first one. She has 112 acting credits that go all the way back to the year 1981. She was in two episodes of Hill Street Blues, that old uh, drama series, and a number of series throughout the 80s, too, by the way. Quincy M.E., Magnum P.I., show called The Rousters, another one called Paper Dolls. Uh, she was in the movie Gung Ho. <laughs> If anybody has any recollection of old Gung Ho, Michael Keaton, uh, <laughs> yeah. she was in that. The Mighty Quinn, uh, tons of stuff. I mean, like I said, and she's still active uh, today. Her most recent project was uh, she was in the show Bosch. Apparently she played in, uh, what, 36 episodes or so. No, that was a great show. Bosch oh, was yeah. a great show. I never watched it. I mean, I've heard good things. I've never sat down and watched it. But apparently she had a pretty big part in that for a number of years. Yeah. Apparently there's going to be an untitled Bosch spinoff that she's going to be in that's in pre-production right now. Let's see. Jesse Moss plays Jason uh, in the movie. Now, he is uh, would be most recognized from uh, other than this would be Tucker and Dale versus Evil. He was in The Uninvited, Final Destination 3. A uh, show, I guess, called Whistler. Never heard of that. But he's got 137 acting credits on IMDb that date back to 1991. He was in, uh, he was a voice in a short called The Magic Trolls and the Troll Warriors. <laughs> and then right <laughs> after that, he was in a series called Captain Zed and the Z-Zone. Say that three times <laughs> fast. Um, he was, hmm. What's the Z-Zone? That's kind of like the O? Like the, I do he was in the TV series Double Dragon, too, uh, back in 1993. Another person is, you, you would definitely recognize, you know, when you see him. 
and tons of stuff and uh, still active today. Most recently in the TV miniseries Morning Show Mysteries. And there's another short called Where Darkness Lies. Well, it looks like it's completed, but I guess it hasn't been released. But um, yeah, still in a number of things. He was most recently in, the t in another TV show called The Hollow. It's a lot of TV, TV movies, stuff like that. I guess that's really it as far as the background stuff is concerned. I mean, did you guys have anything else you wanted to point out before we dive into the movie itself? I had one thing that, I don't know if y'all saw this anywhere, but uh, I don't even know if it's on IMDb. I saw it somewhere else, but there was an uncredited voice role in the movie. Uh, Lucy Lawless, you know, Xena, Warrior Princess herself, was the lady's voice over the school intercom system. Yeah. I don't know how but I, you know, I saw I, it. I did notice that as well. And also to kind of piggyback off of that, Smoke, uh, um, the names that she actually calls out to uh, come to the office or uh, uh, were Samuel and Theodore Ramey. Oh, no, I did not even catch that. Yeah. Wow, I, did not, I, catch that. <laughs> I didn't catch that either. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Um, one thing, one other thing I saw that I meant to mention and forgot about the soundtrack for this, uh, actually a pretty good soundtrack, at least as far as like the bands yeah. that were involved in this, uh, you had just to name a few, you had, uh, Kill Switch Engage, Soulfly, which, uh, had Chino Marino, uh, Fear Factory, Machine Head, Hatebreed, Saliva, Cradle of Filth. I mean, and there's a number of others, but, um, yeah, I mean, a, it's, not your, it's not your usual late nineties, early two thousand soundtrack, <laughs> like, uh, House of Wax. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which they they were all kind of similar, but you know, in a lot of the same kind of bands. Um, yeah. But yeah, this I guess it kind of falls in line with that a little bit. But yeah, it's still a pretty good, impressive lineup for like an independent film that didn't really have much of a box office. I mean, it's got a pretty good lineup. I like I'd like to know more of the uh, backstory of how they pulled that down. You know, for a movie that only had like a budget of four and a half million and. Didn't really gain much money. It had a pretty impressive soundtrack. Hey, do you I guys like werewolf movies? Yeah. <laughs> you want to be in one? Yeah. I mean, on the soundtrack. We have one that's so-so, but it's going to have a lot of accolades. You want to get on board? <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see what our star rating is on this. I'll say that. <laughs> what is it? Hey, why it's buttercup. Popcorn, add some butter to hot popcorn. Mix it up, wrap it up, buttercup is born. It's delicious. So nutritious. It's a taste delight. It's so munchy. Crisp and crunchy. You'll enjoy each bite. Eat butter crunched buttercup. Popcorn at its best. Served in a king-size cup. It beats all the For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out the service. As we've mentioned before, you, you sign up, you know, using audibletrial.com slash, uh, slash spook show. God, there I go again. I'm fucking confusing the things. Audibletrial.com slash spook show. You put that in. Uh, they Basically, you, you start the free trial for a month. You get a credit. You take that credit and go get uh, an Audible book with it. If you decide, like, I can't afford it, don't really, I'm not really going to need it. You can cancel the trial, but you still get to keep that one um, audio book that you downloaded. That's yours to keep forever. So it's, you know, helps us out, gives you a free book, whatever. So I decided to go in here and just type in Ginger Snaps on Audible just to see what will pop up. And a book called Ginger Snap, Lockets and Lace, book 25 <laughs> by Marisa Masterson. It's exactly four hours long. And this looks like, I don't know what the hell this is. <laughs> lockets and lace series i don't know but uh it sounds like something will would be into and if you're into that kind of thing go to audibletrial.com 
<laughs> slash spook show. <laughs> Again, that's why audible. You, why tro- are you smacking on ginger snaps? Jesus. <laughs> Again, that's audibletrial.com slash bookshow for your free audio book. So uh, that's your uh, latest example of what you can find on Audible. Donnie, didn't you literally type in anything once and something came up? I can't, or No, no, you said shit. What was it? You yeah, put, I think I... I t- uh, fuck. Uh, I forget what it was. It was eat type, shit. Yeah, eat shit. Eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and t- you found something. So the point yeah, is... is did eat shit, and there's a... Uh, the There's point being is that you can literally type in just about anything and you'll find at least probably one title, one audiobook or something somewhere that has something to do with that. So audibletrial.com. Yeah, there's a, um, six hour and four minute um, audiobook um, titled Eat Shit and Die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eat That's... shit and live. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. All right. All right. I forgot what I was <laughs> All right, so uh, the mo- we'll get into the movie itself here. So uh, they live in the town called Bailey Downs, and there's been like this uh, rash of dog killings, like because it starts like right out the gate uh, with a mom and her and her little son in the backyard playing, and uh, they look over and the the family dog is dead, like it's been chewed all to hell and it's dead over in the corner. So then you're right after this, you're introduced with Bridget and Ginger Fitzgerald. They're like, uh, you know, they're only like a year or so apart teenage sisters who clearly have like this fascination with death because like uh, it, it, even during the credits, it shows them like posing in different death. I guess it's like they're they're showing like their little film to the class or something, right? And they've they've taken pictures of themselves like dead in different ways. Like here's one of Ginger dead in the tub, and here's another one of uh, Bridget hanging, you know, hanging herself or like, you know, ODing on pills and stuff like this. And they, I guess they put this together and they showed it to the class and that kind of plays out during the credits. And why this would be a problem during the Columbine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right out the gate. It's just dozens of images of, of teenage girls committing suicide in different ways or being murdered or whatever the hell is going on here. Yeah. The people that wrote this, did they they watch uh, summer school right before this and say, Hey, what if those two guys were girls? (laughs) Yeah. Chainsaw and Dave. Oh God, yeah, we gotta do that. <laughs> Chainsaw and Dave. It's our it's our bi uh, monthly mention of uh, summer school and Chainsaw and Dave. We just need to go ahead and get it over with and get around to this movie. Is, uh, have you seen that movie, Donnie? Not to make this about <laughs> summer school all of a sudden. But... There's no oh, way. Man, it's been it's been a long time. I was about to say there's no way you didn't see that. I, mean, cause... yeah. <laughs> I remember them playing it like nonstop on a loop back on HBO or whatever. You know, back. <laughs> 30 years ago. WJZY. Yeah, well, that too. Yeah, like uh, local TV would have shown the shit out of it back then too. But yeah. Um, so apparently these two sisters have like formed some kind of pact to, uh, what did it say? Like basically they'll either get out of here or they'll die together by the age of 16 or something like that. And yeah. the older one basically, I guess, just turned 16 and the younger one is like 15 or something. So uh, they're really tight, obviously, and she kind of looks up to her older sister. The younger one is getting bullied by this girl at school called Trina. And to get her back, they basically go to, like, kidnap her dog. And then as they're doing this, basically Ginger, like, starts to have her first period. Like, right in the middle of all of this. And as they're outside, like, looking... I think the dog was dead, right? Like, when they finally found the dog, it had already been chewed up by something. And they're kind of standing there looking at it as she's, like, having her first period or whatever. So they're kind of dealing with that. And then all of a sudden, like, I guess it's, like, the smell of the blood brings in this fucking, like, 
werewolf creature. You don't really see it do well, but you kind of conclude pretty quickly, like that's probably it's some kind of wolf or dog or something that attacks her and like carries her away. And it bites her and like scratches the shit out of her and Bridget tries to fight it off. And then as they're running away from it, literally like a van comes and just, you know, nails it and like rolls over it and kills it. And it turns out it was that drug dealer guy, Sam. That scene very much reminded me of, uh, I think it was like Bride of Chucky on the side of the interstate. <laughs> yeah, y'all know what scene I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. somebody's like freaking out. They, they take like a step back and then it's like it's like the human body turned into a water balloon full of blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or that, the werewolf scene actually reminded me of American Werewolf, the, the scene in the beginning of American Werewolf where it attacks them you know where on the, they're on the moors or whatever yeah it is. You know, the close up where you don't the wolf itself kind of similar to that wolf anyways and then where they show it in close up but they don't really let you see the whole body of it or exactly yeah. what it is it's kind of reminding me of that scene. you're right it definitely is very reminiscent of that for sure no doubt so right after this ginger starts like kind of like they, they don't do the natural thing and just go get help or anything like that <laughs> she just takes her back to like their basement room or whatever and kind of Helps patch her up. You can tell it already, like, the little scratches she got are starting uh, on, her, like, her shoulder right there. They're already, like, healing up pretty fast and all that stuff. And uh, then Ginger starts to, like, kind of change at this point. Like, her attitude starts changing. You know, she, uh, she's she got, like, hair growing out of the, uh, the scratches on her shoulder there. And she's just starting to act really aggressive. Oh, and she starts sprouting a tail, too. So, <laughs> so there's that. And the one... The one thing that jumped out to me is like she's she's uh, got this horrible uh, uh, werewolf scratch on her shoulder, hmm. and then the very next scene she's wearing like a low cut shirt where you can see her shoulder and there's no scratch there. Yeah, <laughs> but meanwhile you see it again later. You see the scratches later on, right? Like even after that. Yeah. Bridget obviously realizes something's wrong like right out the gate, and she's kind of trying to warn Ginger like we need to get some help. Like what the fuck, you know? And then she's like, no, 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 and. Uh, Meanwhile, like she, she's having like these, uh, uh, she, they keep integrating the whole period thing, right? Like she's starting to menstruate heavier and like this fucking goo is coming out of her or something like that and drawing on the floor and. Oh, uh, the guidance counselor or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That, that whole part? scene with the guidance counselor. So then of course, like, cause now she's acting kind of aggressive and like weird and shit. She ends up like the, the dude, uh, Jason in her, in her class who's been hitting on her. She finally just goes and has like unprotected sex with the guy. And uh, then she goes and, like, beats the shit out of that bully Trina, like, right in front of everybody. And then uh, eventually she goes and kills the neighbor's dog. So, obviously, you know, she's changing and they don't know quite what it is. But, you know, they kind of suspect right right away that it might have something to do with a werewolf because then Bridget runs into the guy, Sam, the drug dealer guy, who was the one that hit that thing. And that's the funny thing, too, right? They never addressed, like, what the hell they did with that, right? Like, so... They're running from it. He hits it with the van. I guess they just take off and go home. What? I guess he just leaves it on the side, like in the middle of the road and takes off and no one notices this fucking dead werewolf beast in the middle of the highway. Like, <laughs> you, you would think... There's a lot of continuity issues or plot holes, kind of whatever you want to call it, like that, or loose ends or whatever. But, but yeah, because, I mean, when you kill a werewolf, it turns into a human generally. So did it turn back into the so is it just like the splatter human all over the road or is it still a wolf person? yeah <laughs> well we'll never know because well, they, they did kind of have a shot of it it still looked like a wolf yeah but maybe yeah, well, i well, guess what he's saying is maybe event, maybe eventually it turns back into a human but we never saw it again right yeah so yeah you would think that there would be a big deal and that they would be oh you know 
so-and-so's, there was a body found on the road, and the you know, cops are doing, but yeah, you never hear anything about that, so. Also, it's kind of like, uh, it has anything to do with that, but I remember the scene at the beginning, whenever they're playing the, the field hockey game, and and then she gets knocked down, and she falls into the carcass of the dog that they somehow didn't see the whole time they were playing field hockey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, this this might be a moment to point out, like, isn't this the second uh, werewolf movie we've watched in a row with American Werewolf in London that they kind of shit on the silver thing? That, don't they yeah. kind of shit on that in this again? Like, <laughs> they mentioned something about the silver, but it's, they go out of the way to say that, yeah, but I hit him with my truck, or I killed him with my truck, or something like that, so the silver thing. Well, that was the whole thing with, like, the belly button ring or something, too, right? Wasn't that kind of what that was? Like, put silver on her to see what happens, and it didn't do anything? Yeah. Um, and she ripped yeah, like, it, yeah, just pulls it out. So Bridget goes to Sam to kind of like, so they can trade notes and say like, what the hell? What did you hit? I don't know. You tell me, you know. And they, so they kind of agree that at this point that, well, it, it must have been a werewolf and uh, Ginger is now basically turning into one. And uh, so that's when they try the, the silver ring, uh, you know, piercing thing, but, you know, it didn't do anything. Sam says something about a... a, a what do they call it? Monk shoed? Some, some kind of flower or something, right? I think it was called monk shoed. But apparently, like, th- this is, like, this is something he read or something, and, like, but they can't do it because, like, you, you can only find this in certain times of year so they don't have it. Then the bully, remember her, she shows up at uh, the girl's house to, uh, you know, basically confront her about, like, her dog's missing. So, like, she believes that Ginger did it. Um, so she, like, they start getting into a fight. And then, like, it's the old, like, uh, you push her down like, well, I didn't kill her. I just pushed her down. Then she like hits her head on the back of the counter and fucking dies. So then literally right at this moment, that's when their parents roll back up and they manage to pull it off like it's one of their little suicide picture stunts. You know, <laughs> they go and hide the body real quick in the freezer and then Ginger lays down in the blood and uh, it looks like one of their little stunts or whatever. And they break her like she's in the freezer or whatever. They go to get her out of there and like they're chipping away at the ice because like in this in this small frame of time that they put her in the freezer, apparently her body has frozen fucking solid. Um, she's, <laughs> I don't know if y'all have ever put uh, meat in the freezer, but that's just not the way it works. <laughs> not that quick. No, it, like they open it back up and look at her and it looks like weeks of freeze have taken place. Well, like I said, that's kind of like the logic of the, the field hockey game when they, you know, the, the dog being strewn about the field and not noticing it until she falls a face first into it. Yeah, part of the uh, ginger. But they're chipping her, you know, chip chipping at the body, or whatever, and then uh oh, and accidentally uh, like uh, chop her fingers off. And apparently, the fingers like just kind of get lost in the shuffle as they move Trina's body and like bury her uh, near the tool shed or something. Bridget tells Ginger like, look, you you know, you don't you don't need to go out anymore until we figure this out because you know this is dangerous and you know. But meanwhile, they kind of kind of have like, like a little argument about it. So now we move on to uh, it's Halloween. Bridget finds some of that monk shoot stuff or whatever. The flowers, because her mother apparently had, uh, had it for like something she was doing. So he takes, she takes it to Sam to make the cure. So he creates uh, the, you know, the little needle of cure or whatever. And uh, while she's going back, Bridget is going back to take it to Ginger. She's attacked by Jason. Remember, that's the dude that uh, Ginger had sex with, who now apparently has become infected by her and is basically turning into a werewolf too. So I guess. <laughs> I guess that's another way to, uh, you know, we're adding to the werewolf lore is uh, if you fuck a werewolf, um, <laughs> you're going to become a werewolf. So 
Hey, and we were just recently talking about that in one of the movies where you said, has there been any other movies where there's been sex with werewolves before? Yeah. <laughs> and now we just keep... <laughs> I, I forgot about this one. I'm I not guess, yeah. That. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it counts, right? I mean, it ain't like... It ain't full-on wolf cop. full-on werewolf. Yeah. yeah, but she was a werewolf, so it counts. We'll go. We'll go with it. Um, but but now that's canon now, though. If you if you fuck a werewolf, uh, you're you're gonna become a werewolf. I can't imagine the uh, the old gypsy lady in the first, <laughs> in in the wolf man saying. Also, remember, my child, if you fuck a werewolf. <laughs> Not that I'm saying you would, but if you do, if the occasion should arise, my child. Uh, <laughs> the wolf bane blooms. <laughs> Is that what they're calling it these days? Yeah. So, anyways, like, she Bridget notices that, like, you know, all right, this this motherfucker then turned into a werewolf as well. So, uh, she basically defends herself by like sticking it you know sticking the syringe of the monk shoot in her neck or in his neck and uh she immediately notices i, I guess that it kind of cures him right like that's the thing like I, I assume that's what you're supposed to assume at the moment and you just move on with it right but like you don't know exactly what happened to him right <laughs> like because they never visit the guy again like for all we know two days later you know he's he's full-on fucking gremlin beast right like so we don't know like he just he just, she just kind of sticks him in the neck. He gets up like, oh, I got to go to school and then runs away. And then you never see the dude again. So, <laughs> and then he goes to school. Yeah. <laughs> so I assume that he's okay. But, you know, like I said, I don't think they ever really follow up. He's got zits and sharp teeth. <laughs> yeah. <and laughs> Maybe that's the whole teen. Nobody notices anything. Maybe that's the whole teen <laughs> metaphor allegory thing or whatever that like the guy <laughs> just turns into like a, a sex fiend who has zits all over him. You know, and <laughs> girls get their period and shit, so it's just the whole metaphor thing. So at school, Bridget found out that uh, Ginger had had went and like killed like the guidance counselor, right? Ginger goes to the school, and then Bridget comes along afterwards and realizes that she just killed the guidance counselor. And then she watches, or she sees her like beat the shit out of the uh, uh, janitor or something, right? Well, well, no, she basically kills him. Like she beats the shit out of him, and then like. I think he was starting to transform or something like that. And then uh, she kills him before he transforms. So now they're kind of against each other, really. Like, Ginger's just like, you know, leave me the fuck alone. Like, she's kind of embracing this whole thing now. And, uh, she's snapping. Yeah, Ginger has f officially snapped at this point. And uh, now she's, <laughs> she, she's going full-on full werewolf. She, they have, like, so uh, apparently there's, like, a little party that they have at this uh, greenhouse that, like, Sam has, right? This greenhouse bash or whatever the fuck they called it. And uh, meanwhile, like during this, their mom finds the fingers, right? The the two fingers that like got lopped off in the freezer or whatever. And then she kind of does some detective work and finds Trina's body. So she puts two and two together like the girls are behind all this. So she comes and... To... Like at ahead. that point, I'm almost like, all right, maybe this is starting to get interesting here. Because like, like the mom almost seems like she's playing a little odd. You know, like, like not like a, oh my god, my, my my daughter's killed somebody, but oh, know, no, maybe yeah. maybe there's something to the mom. That's some of that dark humor, I guess, creeping in, like with her character. But like, I guess, like at that point, she's just like, no, she doesn't re react the way you would think a normal person would react. She goes the other way, like, well, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna burn the house down and we're gonna leave. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna blame it on the husband. <laughs> Actually, uh, if really? we're talking about the favorite actress in the movie, is her probably Mimi Rogers' role. <laughs> Undoubtedly. Yeah. Undoubtedly. Yeah, she nailed, 
she know you know what the, for what they wanted her to do she nails it you know like I think a lot of the 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 humor that is there was in her role for sure. We kind of skipped over a little bit one of her parts that she kind of came up with on her own in the movie was the uh, washing of the panties scene <laughs> when she's washing the clothes. And oh she yeah, pulls up the panties. <laughs> it's covered in blood basically, and she takes the spray and wash. And like, yeah. <laughs> those, those beyond spray and wash those. <laughs> like that's just thrown in the garbage or whatever. Yeah. But that scene was pretty funny, I thought. And she came up with that on, uh, I guess, at some point. It wasn't in the script. This movie brought to you by Spray and Wash. <laughs> um, but well, free as she's going to find the girl, she sees Bridget like running down the side of the road, and she picks her up. And then they, and this is where she's like, uh, "Well, I guess we're just gonna we're us girls. We're gonna run away. We're gonna burn the house down." <laughs> what about Dad? Ah, uh, you know he, he's gonna blame me for it anyway. So fuck him. <laughs> Basically, is what she says, right? Yeah. Assuming that she's been with him for anywhere from fifteen to twenty years. Oh, I'm just fucking. Yeah. <laughs> well, they did set the scene that like uh, they've been having issues, right? Like. I think they said something about like they they go to uh, counseling or something like that. So clearly they did set it up a little bit to that point that like you know the, they're not getting along. So I guess she's just like fuck it, I'll just uh, go protect the girls and leave him for dead basically. <laughs> but they go to the the greenhouse party that they're having. That's pretty much the end of her, right? Like I don't think you see the mom again. Like she drops Bridget off at this party and then well no she comes back in. I forgot about that. She does come into the party holding the Tupperware fingers. Um, yeah, but. That's- what, that part was hilarious too. That's the Tupperware, putting the fingers on the Tupperware yeah. earlier. <laughs> like, uh, why is she carrying these damn fingers around everywhere? But yeah, like you, that, you, like you said, that's a loose end too. That's not yet another loose end that was never tied up. Where <laughs> our mom is just wandering around the party. Yeah. Uh, now I'm looking with the girls, I guess. Still. St- still to this day, if you're really still and quiet, you can hear the mom <laughs> walking around <laughs> at this greenhouse up in Canada somewhere. So Bridget goes in and then finds. Ginger inside, like, uh, basically beating the shit out of Sam because he rejects, uh, she's trying to have sex with him and he's just rejected it. So she's in there, like, you know, wolfing out and beating the shit out of him. Bridget goes and, like, cuts her own palm and then clasps their hands together, right? Like, kind of like a, a, a blood oath kind of thing. So basically she infected herself with Ginger's blood at that moment. I guess to convince Ginger, like, she's loyal and, like, you know, whatever happens to you is going to happen to me. We're together. You know, just like they said, they're a little packed. So they leave, and then uh, at this point, like, Bridget basically just left with Ginger and fucking abandoned her mom. So, like like I said, her mom's still, you know, walking around somewhere out there looking for him right now. When they get out, Ginger starts to transform, and then uh, Sam comes up and knocks her out with a shovel, and then, like, Bridget comes along and like, what the fuck? You know, I was trying to get her to come back with me. So they, they throw her in the back of uh, Sam's van to go back to their house because she's got the cure there somewhere in there ginger starts like f- full-on transforming into a wolf at this point and as soon as they get there like the the, the van doors bust open and, and ginger is like full werewolf at this point so sam and bridget are basically hiding in the pantry you know from her in the house now they're trapped in the house with her they make more of the cure and then he goes out to find ginger to you know to stick her with the needle um, she attacks him and then just beats the shit out of him dra- and drags him away. Um, Bridget comes out to help or, you know, to find out what the hell happened and to help. She finds Sam sitting there like all injured and bloody and everything. And he, you know, he's bar- barely breathing. And then she, uh, Bridget comes up cause now, now Ginger is full on werewolf. I should say like, now you see her in her full form, which once again, I think the, the special effects on her, I think, I think she looks pretty good. Right. I mean, am I alone? Like the, the werewolf part. 
I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah. You talking about the the middle transformation scene before she's a full wolf? No, final? well, no, when she's final wolf, like full on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went an interesting way with her. They didn't. It's like she's almost hairless, though, right? Yeah, yeah. She's like her uh, her skin was very smooth. Like, I mean, you kind of tell it was a, a a wolf, but yeah, it was it was a lot more smooth than uh, I anticipated it being. Yeah, it's not your full on hairy wolf beast type werewolf but i still think it looks pretty good but it definitely looked like a naked cat you know one of, <laughs> one of those nude cat uh whatever the hell those things are called interesting phrasing you're putting there yeah okay all right well maybe that's <laughs> more maybe that's more of the allegory that i missed and just now and you're just now pointing it out i don't know anyways uh but i, I thought that it looked pretty good you know the far as far as like the the realistic uh effects and everything that they used here and it, i think it holds up i mean for a movie like i said that's 21 years old i mean i think it still looks really good and like we mentioned before if this had been something they did with cgi it would look like shit guarantee it something this old would look like shit but so yeah she's basically like sam's in between them she's face to face with ginger you know who's full wolf now and then like she just starts drinking some of the blood like she's <laughs> she's picking it up off the floor and putting it in her mouth like what the hell was going on there? She's trying to like, yeah, I'm like you. So, you know, but then she just yaks it up because like, I can't do this. So basically Ginger's like, okay. And then fucking kills Sam, like right there on the spot. And then starts chasing after her. Then, uh, basically just kind of run around the house and eventually, uh, uh, they get down to the basement, you know, where they, where their room is as she, Bridget basically has a knife in one hand and then the, the syringe with the cure in another. And then when Ginger, uh, you know, jumps at her she sticks her with the knife instead of the syringe which basically you know was the kill blow and then it just kind of you you kind of see some uh pictures all around the room of them you know i guess when times were better right you know just a few days ago and all these weird death pictures that they have hanging up everywhere and pictures of them together and then it comes back and like basically bridget is laying there like hugging you know the the wolf version of her sister and uh she's crying and then credits that's it so uh, it, it, like like I was telling you guys before we started recording this, like I turned away, like I guess to do something right at that moment that, you know, she stuck her with the knife. So I didn't realize exactly what I was watching here. I'm like, well, did she hit her with the cure? What, what the hell happened there? You know, until we were talking about it that I realized that she stabbed her. But because um, I was thinking like, well, I guess she hit her with the cure and now she's going to turn back into ginger any moment now. But no, you know, she, she just kind of like looks at the pictures, cries, and then the credits. So uh, so there you go, Ginger Snaps from 2000. So, uh, Donnie, what, what's your star rating on this? It's, uh, I, I gave it two stars. Uh, primarily, um, you know, I, I had mentioned it's kind of a dumb title. Uh, <laughs> there's not really anything shocking, scary, or, uh, you know, not really any jump scares at all. Um, there's not really a whole lot to care about. You just kind of sit through this one um but there are redeeming factors um i really like mimi rogers in this uh you know the the mom character and also the practical effects over you know cgi that was you know readily available at that time so yeah that those were the redeeming factors and it rounded rounded out my two-star rating it's not something i i want to watch again i know you guys had mentioned you know gender snaps two and three and you know, all of that. Hopefully we never get to those. Um, oh, we will now. <laughs> we will now. Yeah, yeah. of course. No, I wasn't anyway. planning on it until just I, this moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, it's, it's two stars. Will, where, where are you at? Uh, Donnie pretty much stole everything I was going to say. The movie's just 
okay. I give it two stars just because, you know, the practical practical effects, you know, I liked. You know, the werewolf at the end ended up looking decent. I mean, really, there's not a whole lot more left to say on it. Professor? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, from my initial, like, it, being at the beginning of the show when we talked about our initial reactions to it, it's kind of one of those movies where I, the first time I saw it, I liked it more, and then as subsequently as I've seen it, it's, it's, the impact has been less, and not that I like thought it was a great, the greatest movie ever the first time I saw it either, but I think it's a little, it was, it was a little overrated. But again, you know, it's a, uh, it's definitely packed with estrogen. <laughs> 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 uh, I'd go with a two and I'll go, I'll go, I'll go with two and a quarter. Like, I actually give it the higher rating. I guess. I mean, well, until we get the Josh to see what he's going to give it. But I'll go with two and a quarter. Well, I might surprise you. I'm going to give it a slightly higher rating than that. I'm going to give it two and a half. And uh, I think for me, most of that is just from the special effects. I mean, I, I really think they were well done here. I, I'm not saying it was groundbreaking or anything like that, nothing you hadn't seen before or after, but I just think, I, for me, especially these days, the practical effects kind of earn a little bonus mojo, you know, at least a quarter star or a half star for me for that. Um, I, I didn't hate the story. I mean, I thought it was as a teenage werewolf movie is going to go, right? I mean, like, uh, it's done pretty well. Well, yeah. Your only comparison, I think, at this point is Teen Wolf, right? Yeah, Teen Wolf, and uh, uh, what was it? I was a uh, I was a teenage werewolf, you know, <laughs> from the fifties. That's it. But no, no, I mean, I, I didn't. I really didn't hate it. I mean, I think honestly, I probably uh, give it uh, slightly uh, less marks just for the fact that it was probably a little too long. You know, I know I tend to say that a lot when we're talking about these, but I really think, man, if you'd shaved about fifteen twenty minutes off of this, like. I'm sitting there at about, I think it was about hour and five, hour and ten into the movie, and it seemed to me like they were already heading down like the third act. You know what I mean? Like, all right, well we know we know this how this is going to end. Either they're going to have to kill her or they help her. So let's let's. I'm sure we're going to see that in the next ten minutes. Meanwhile, there's still another like thirty minutes left in this thing. You know, like I just think they spent too much time on something. I don't know exactly what you could cut, where it was, but I think they just spent too much time at the table. Because, you know, story-wise, because I think by the time you're entering that third act, you already know which way this is probably going. So they didn't, they, they didn't surprise you, you know, you know what I mean? Like, like you knew where this is going, right? Am I, am I wrong in that? Like, you knew this was probably going to end either like, well, she's either going to have to kill her oh, yeah. or she cures her, the end, right? And like, you figured that out pretty quick. So like, and there was no, yeah. and there was nothing after you come to that realization, say halfway through it, maybe a little further along. There was nothing surprising, you know, to kind of take you in a different direction, you know, from that point. Other than the fact that maybe you're slightly surprised that Sam gets killed as easily as he does. You know what I mean? Like, she beats the shit out of him, kind of has him there alive, and then she's like, nope, I can't do it. And then she just kills her, you know? So I guess maybe that's your somewhat of a surprising moment, that and the fact that she killed her instead of helping her. But I don't know. Either way, I mean, I didn't hate the movie. I would watch it again, but, you know, that's me. Different strokes, different folks, right? Um, so also, I guess there was also like, uh, what was, when was, I don't, I was never a fan of emo, so I don't even know when the, the emo music scene started. It might not have even been around at this time, but they call them in the reviews or of the movie. They say they're goths, you know, even though they don't mention that term in the, the movie itself, but it, it comes across as more emo to me. And that's, that's why I, I never got into emos because it, the teen angst thing angle sort of, that kind of turns me off anyway to the movie as far as me liking them more or liking it more, I guess. 
with with that being said and the fact that this was like a female-led cast and everything you can see why some people would enjoy this because you don't get many like this you know what i mean like as far as female-led horror movies or werewolf movies or anything like that right there's not many of those and uh you know the whole emo thing that has its own place i mean i'm not i'm you know th that's not my thing but that's a lot of people's things right especially in that yeah. time period that that yeah i don't know when it starts like i said they call them goths whenever you see any sort of review of this movie when they're talking about the girls and trying to identify them you know a couple of goth girls so and so and so and so all i can say to I that mean, other than them taking pictures of death and all that that's kind of gothy i guess but yeah, they just come across as more emo to me. But, like, again, I don't even know if that genre existed when this movie came out. All I can say to that is, look, I graduated high school in 1998, and there was definitely a sect of, there was uh, there was definitely a group of people that were down with this type of thing. You know what I mean? Like, uh, the emo, goth type of stuff, however you want to classify it. That was definitely a yeah. thing at this time period. So, you know, if yeah. you... Oh, well, the goth thing, definitely. Even when I was younger, like, yeah. in the 80s. Well, that's been around for a while, yeah, goth, but... The primary goth scene or whatever, but... They came across as more emo to me than God. I guess. Yeah, you'd say, as yeah, far you're as right. The, yeah, um, the way they act. But this was a popular. You know, this was kind of a popular thing at the time period, so you could see that aspect of it too. But um, yeah, you know, there we go. So I guess um, by and large, it's kind of. Uh, I, I guess we can say meh. You know, if you combine all <laughs> all four of us together, like <laughs> uh, not necessarily say go out of your way to watch it, but you know, hey, if you you know if you like werewolf movies and emo type of movies then yeah this is, if i this is will and i support that message because yeah. <laughs> that's about i mean our, our cumulative rating is a little over two stars so that's about all you can say you know it's just meh it just is you know so go check it out you know see for yourself you know like we always say come back and uh, listen to this you know for for whatever reason um you haven't watched it and you've listened to us talk about it then I would I would recommend seeing it once, you know. If you want to watch it again, that's up to you. But uh, meh, it's there. So I guess uh, naturally, Donnie, I guess we'll uh, we'll throw to the first little uh, first little segment here. Connections. So we're getting two connections for one in this episode. So uh, what do you got for this one for Ginger Snaps? Actually, I do have uh, uh, two connections, uh, uh -oh. one on the crew side, one on the cast side. Okay. Uh, for the crew, Katie, uh, I'm sorry, it was uh, Kate Hill, not Katie Hill. Um, Kate Hill was a uh, makeup, did the uh, prosthetics, uh, makeup prosthetics here on uh, Ginger Snaps. Um, she also did the makeup prosthetics for um, episode 27, uh, which was 28 days later. Hmm. Uh, so that's um, a connection there. Um, and I actually saved the best for last here. Uh, we actually uh, alluded to this previously. Um, Jesse Moss, uh, he's, you know, plays Jason. He's the guy who uh, bangs Ginger and also uh, pisses blood uh, in the uh, uh, in the urinal, huh. as we alluded to, uh, and, you know, eventually gets turned into a werewolf. He was the gang leader. Uh, in episode 63, Wolf Cop. Ah. Yeah, you, you know, yeah, I do. I do kind of recognize the face now that you point that out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I, you yeah. know. The, the guy pissing in the urinal has the connection to Wolf Cop? Yep, yeah. <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, he was the gang leader, and uh, uh, that's actually, this is the first um, Summer of the Wolf 
uh, crypt connection. You mean to another wolf connection? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To another uh, werewolf movie uh, from Summer of the Wolf. Now, obviously, he worked on uh, Ginger Snaps in 2000, so Wolf Cop came out 14 years later. You think he brought the pissing in the blood scene? Um, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Listen, we did this in Ginger Snaps. Check it. Let's do this. <laughs> well, that sounds good and all, but let's take it to the next level. Exploding dick. <laughs> all right, so th yeah. that, that's a couple pretty interesting connections, so I guess that'll, uh, well, that naturally uh, flows to you for the... So what's the magic number? Uh, I got two dogs and four people. <laughs> Seems like there was more than two dogs. <laughs> I want to say I might have missed one towards the end. I think there was, well, now I'm not counting the dog that was already on the field because it wasn't killed on camera. Okay, yeah, and the one at the very beginning, same deal, right? It's already dead. Yeah, uh, yeah, the two dogs, uh, and then uh, the Trina headfall. Mm -hmm. uh, the principal getting ripped apart, janitor getting ripped apart, the uh, drug dealer having his neck snapped, and Ginger getting macheted to the stomach. Ginger snapped. <laughs> well, that naturally goes into a uh, uh, professor. Gore score. <laughs> <laughs> Juicy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, this one, I mean, it's got a, it's got a lot of like, it was, like we talked about practical effects in here, and uh, some splatter, but it's probably, like the actual aftermath of the dog gore is probably worse than the human gore, you know, as far as it being graphic or whatever. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, as well mentioned, you had the dogs, you had at least three or four carcasses in the movie that were ripped apart. Uh, and those are pretty gruesome. And then you had the, you know, have, you have, uh, what's the name of the girl? I forget the girl's name, the, the, the sort of, the popular girl, the one that hits uh, her head on the counter. Uh, Trina. Trina, yeah. So that one wasn't really necessarily gory. She hit the floor and then you see, well, it was pretty cool though, that scene where they have the blood mixing with the milk on the floor. Yeah. That yeah. had been spilled. That's, cool. That's pretty cool. But not overly graphic or gory. And then, uh, some of the other kills too were, where there's, you know, the makeup effects on the wolf really shines through and the, the, the graphic, Splatter effects that are there, uh, you know, pretty shine too. Like those dog effects are pretty, you know, pretty messed up, pretty nasty looking. And uh, but I'd probably go overall, I guess, with a I'd have to go with a six because it was it had a good decent amount of it, but it just wasn't too much. Most of it was aftermath type stuff that you see, and some of the human, you know, kill scenes or whatever weren't necessarily that gore filled. Oh, and then you have, of course have the werewolf getting hit, <laughs> splattering like a red water balloon. <laughs> but uh yeah i'd probably say a six overall i mean i would probably i would have gone with a seven but it, i think it's not sustained necessarily over the course of the entire movie it's kind of spread out in there the dog gore and then some kills here and there so it's not overly gory but what is there is done well as far as the effects go but uh yeah i'd say a six all right so there you have it i guess that's all we have to say about uh ginger snaps from 2000 i mean so i guess you know, you can put it all together and say uh, the special effects were pretty good. They hold up pretty well. Uh, the gore score, you know, is fair enough. I mean, there's definitely some uh, gory scenes in there. So, I mean, if that's your thing, that's there. The story is just kind of meh, you know, at least in our opinion. You know, it's just, it's not horrible, but it's not great either. So, I guess go check it out for yourself and, uh, you know, see what the fuss is all about. But, 
we move on here and we continue to roll through the Summer of the Wolf. Next week, episode 68 will come out, and that's the History of Werewolves Spook Show Spotlight Part 4. And that'll be out next Monday at 6 p.m. East. And then the following Monday, which will be episode 69 on August 16th, that'll be our next movie review, and we'll be talking about The Howling from 1981. So we'll... We're going. We're going to dip back into the 1981 well, along with an American Werewolf in London. But the synopsis for The Howling it uh, reads: After a bizarre and near deadly encounter with a serial killer, a television newswoman is sent to a remote mountain resort whose residents may not be what they seem. Directed by Joe Dante, and of course uh, another Spook Show favorite here, D. Wallace, is the star of that movie. So. I'm looking forward to us talking about that one. That, that's one of my favorites. Will, have you seen that one before? No, I haven't seen it all the way through. Donnie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not really going to ask actually ask you that question, Smoke. I'm sure you've <laughs> seen this one a number of times. Well, actually, I've never... No. What? <laughs> yeah, I doubt that. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> come, come back in two weeks for that one. But like I said, next Monday at 6 p.m. East, uh, episode 68, uh, Spook Show Spotlight, History of Werewolves Part 4 will be out. So, for Will and for Donnie and the Professor Smoke, I'm Josh. We are the All-American Spook Show Horror Podcast, and we will see you next week. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you.